Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When somebody greatly underestimates how long it would take you to do your job, do you give them exactly what they asked for? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, you want me to work at full capacity? No problem. Can you tell my colleagues to say goodbye to their bonuses? Thanks. I work in a help desk call center as a first-line agent, on purpose. My job is easy. We work from home where users can call, email, or chat us, and we fix their most basic computer problems, often resolved by a restart or a redeployment of some sort. I took this job on purpose to get away from a very stressful career that killed my social life and, frankly, my will to live. This job cost me exactly zero energy, giving me the space and energy to have the social life I've always dreamed of. The pay in this job is based on the languages you provided help in, and because of my language skills and a promotion I'm not allowed to tell my colleagues about, I make more than anyone else in my team. For this simple reason, I refuse to take any promotions that bring more stress but are not financially compensated causing me to have worked in first line for three and a half years now, while most of my colleagues have had promotions. Because this company has a huge turnover, I often get new colleagues and managers. I usually train the new colleagues and have a friendly, cordial relationship with the managers, but I always try to stay private and reserved as much as possible to save all of my energy for after-work activities. Most days, I don't talk to anyone. I log in, I work on the tickets, calls, and emails for 50% of the time whilst studying and reading, watching movies or listening to music the rest of the time. What's important to know for this story is that we can get a bonus of up to 10% of our monthly income depending on our productivity. I always get the 10%, but for some newer colleagues it's difficult because the limits are pretty high. If I like a colleague, I'll sometimes help them by closing tickets in their name. I also usually take the more challenging tickets and leave the easier ones for the newer team members. Further bit of information is that the company I work for has their help desk for 12 languages, so to cover all of the languages, we have a team of 8. So now to the malicious compliance. One of the people I trained became the new team leader, which I actually encouraged. The guy is exactly the manager type and understands the job. Unfortunately, the pressure from the operations manager got to him and he started checking our stats, noticing that for about 4 hours per day, there is no activity for me. I explained to him that this is on purpose to give everyone a chance to get their bonus, and that my output is still higher than anyone else in the team. He also noticed that I sometimes close tickets in my colleague's name, for which I couldn't give him a real reason because it's sort of fraud. I just told him I rushed sometimes and just didn't notice. He told me no more relaxing times and no more closing tickets in others' names. He actually said he would be checking up on me to make sure I work the full 8 hours I'm paid for. I explained to him that this would be a very bad idea, that the team is doing really well, and that the current status quo is perfectly balanced and he shouldn't upset it. But he was young and reckless. Fine. For the next two months, I worked at full capacity, where normally there was a good balance of closing tickets and everyone getting a fair shot at their bonus, 
Now, all of a sudden, I did about 70% of the work, leaving very little for my colleagues who, except for one other, both months didn't qualify for their bonuses, causing huge conflicts in the team. I tried to stay out of it, but was soon accused of stealing all of my colleagues' tickets and not giving them a chance to earn their bonuses. I replied professionally to all the accusations via email, making sure to CC all relevant managers including the operations manager. After two months, our new team leader was reassigned and the status quo returned as it was. Honestly, I would hate to be in OP's position here regardless because let's be real, having a job where you can take four hours off to just chill and watch movies and whatnot sounds kind of awesome. And it kind of sucks being like, okay, I guess I'll have to try hard for a couple of months just to prove a point. To me, it seems like the kind of thing that would end up getting everybody else fired and them expecting you to just keep carrying the load yourself. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, I need a degree to get promoted? Fine, I'll leave to get one. While I was a college student in the 80s, I accepted a job as a second shift computer operator at a large regional bank. The job duties were processing all the checks and payments, printing statements and checks, running all the backups, and so on. On the day I showed up for the job, I learned that I wasn't getting that job, but a lower one, which physically loaded the check readers, loaded printer paper, signed checks, burst forms, and so on. The lead computer operator had apparently threatened to quit if they didn't promote internally and give the job to one of the current people in the position I just ended up in. They later got married, so you can probably figure out her actual motive, But the department manager, Mr. Biggs, my boss's boss, told me that I would be promoted to computer operator as soon as anyone left the position. You guessed it. Two years later, no one has left the position, and we acquired another regional bank. Our CEO told the CEO of the acquired bank that no employees would be fired, so suddenly, we had an extra computer operator on every shift. But Mr. Biggs insisted that I'd still get promoted because he knew I was the most computer literate employee he had. Something he used to his advantage in numerous side projects, which should have been paid at a much higher rate. Six months later, one of the computer operators finally transferred to the programming department. I asked Mr. Biggs to promote me to the position and he told me he was working on it. A few months later, he finally tells me that they still have too many computer operators because of the acquisition and I wouldn't be promoted until more of them left. Clearly, this wasn't working. So a few months later, another position opens in the programming department, and I apply for it. Mr. Big signed the form, allowing me to apply and wished me luck. The interviews went well, and programming wanted to hire me, but a few days later, the computer operator who transferred there told me privately that Mr. Biggs went to the head of programming and asked him to not consider me for the position because I was his best employee and he couldn't afford to lose me. The head of programming told him, no, I'm going to hire the best person for the job. The next morning, the HR director calls me to say that one of the executive vice presidents wants to interview me for the position. She's flabbergasted because he's never asked to interview anyone of that level and couldn't explain why he wanted to now. After the interview, the HR director called me, apologized profusely, and told me they were giving the position to another candidate because he had a college degree. No, it wasn't related to the position in any way. 
The degree was from an unaccredited college, which had actually asked me to teach computer courses there, which I'd turned down. Of course, I knew what had really happened, so I told the HR director that I hadn't realized how important a degree was, and that I would immediately switch to part-time instead of full-time so I could take more hours of classes to finish my degree more quickly. There are no part-time positions in Mr. Big's department. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. So it meant transferring to the department run by his biggest competitor within the company. She transferred me immediately at the same pay I was making in the previous department, and I never worked for Mr. Biggs again. Honestly, I think this is one of those situations where if you find out somebody is actually sabotaging you because they want you to keep working for them, that you need to get out of there by any means possible. God forbid somebody sabotages your verticality potential in the company because they just like you too much at your lowly current position. Our next story is... Why yes, I'd love to convert a 10-minute task into a 3-day project. I work in the events department for a large company. Projectors, microphones, computers, etc. If it's required for an event, then we handle it, and it probably passes through my workflow for helping to organize. My departments also handle catering for events. While it's not my team specifically, we work side by side. The associate director runs the catering and event coordinators. My manager only runs the AV side and doesn't report to the associate director. Don't ask, it's a messed up org chart that nobody can make sense of. Despite not specifically being part of my job description, I also do the technical side of getting new staff members online within our system. Getting their staff account created and also getting Teams and OneDrive online on their mobile so they can see all their paperwork. And the reason why I'm happy to do this is because with the catering team being a revolving door of staff, 
normal in my industry, getting them online needs to be done immediately and fast. You can go to the greater IT team to do this, but you can be waiting days for them to get it done. Whereas I can do it within 5-10 to 10 minutes with them, and staff that aren't online on our system can't work. HNS forms are part of the setup, therefore they wouldn't be able to complete the assigned shift, and IT won't touch the request until they show up for their first shift, at which point you'd then wait days for them to get onto it. See the flawed logic here? Note, setting up a new account also involves setting up their personal work email, group email access, system permissions access, and to a limited extent, their access card swipe permissions. Normally this would be done by the security team, but 10 years at a company really comes with its perks of being connected to the right people. And when you want to get something like this done fast, it's often easier for one person with permissions to do it as opposed to multiple people in their own workflows. Second note, if you're asking why a rotating door of catering staff need personal work email and group work email, this account setup is supposed to encompass more than just them. Alright, enough setup, on to the story. Recently, my boss has thrown another bout of trying to micromanage the heck out of my team. We all hate it, but I guess we can just ride this wave out again. The associate director asked me to go to one of our other offices on the other side of the city to set up a group of new staff in one large batch order. My own manager looked at the request, got one of those time for some micromanagement shenanigans faces. I said, hey boss, associate director wants me to go to the other office to set up some new staff in the system next week on Friday. The boss says, uh, nope. I need you here in case something happens, OP. Very busy on that day. I said, there's nothing on the roster for that day, and I'd still be available remotely. Boss says, just write the associate director a document about how to get people set up in the system and he can do it himself. I said, uh, are you sure? I do it fast because I'm trained on the system and he isn't. Including travel, I'd only be gone for about three to four hours. Writing the document on how to get someone set up in the system would take much longer. They say write the document and put everything he needs to know in it. It only needs to be, what, half a page? Can't be that hard. Everything? Alright, cue malicious compliance. What my boss expected was a half-page written instruction manual on getting a new account created within the system. I don't think it could have kept it that short even if I tried. What followed was a three-day project writing out the instruction manual for how to get someone set up in the system which comprised of 34 pages, not half a page. Large portions of it are troubleshooting steps, accounting for different models of phones and likely fixes when they do weird things. iPhones are great because they work. The infinite variations of Android phones can sometimes throw up strange errors either on the system or within the phone itself. Most of the information in here was collective knowledge I've built up over the years, as well as who else to phone in IT for the most outrageous issues that had to be resolved that I didn't have the permissions for, and who could generally do it immediately. I warned the associate director that this was going to be a very large technical manual, and he should probably read it before heading to the other office. They said, isn't it half a page? I said, my boss said to put everything in it. They said, oh no. What followed was the associate director attempting to take somewhere between 10 to 20 people through this very technically written manual about getting someone set up in the system. To anyone not technically inclined, 
it could have all have been in a different language for all they could understand it. After 30 minutes, he called me, put me on speakerphone and camera to the new staff and said, just do it. Sitting at my computer, I spent the next 40 minutes getting everyone online. Technical support over a phone can be straining, you all know what I mean, and they were fine to start their shifts. Finally, the associate director asks me something in private afterwards. OP, did it need to be this complicated? I said actually I summarized some sections to make it easier. I didn't want to make it difficult for you. Wasn't the intention, but my boss told me to write down everything, so I did. They said good to know, thanks. Following the weekend, I was notified that when I was requested to go get a new staff member set up, I should find a time that I am available and go do it irrespective of other tasks. Not sure what happened up top, but I think my boss got a very heavy smack for it. Honestly, I'm impressed that it took 34 pages. I mean, I guess it's, you know, very specific instructions on multiple platforms on four or five different things. But it still definitely doesn't feel like it should have taken 34 pages to write out all the instructions. I think maybe OP took everything a little too literally. That said, our final story of the day is, I don't want him to do it. I work the window and take orders at Mendy's. Every day is another treasure box of joy and despair, ready to be opened. Today, this box popped open like a snake-shaped insult in a can. I take orders, I make drinks, I collect on occasion, and if I'm really on top of my game, I'll assemble the chilies, with gloves of course. Today I decide to assemble the three chilies, ready to go out to the customer pulling up to the window. As the window opened, they saw me pouring their chili and yelled, I don't want those, I don't want him to do it. My manager was collecting and told them to hold on a moment. I have no idea why they were bugging. My manager echoed this sentiment. I took the chili I already poured them, poured it back into the pot from whence it came, poured it slowly from high up, then handed the empty chili cups to my ungloved manager, who did his best to scoop the exact same chili into those three cups. The best part is that while my manager was scooping away, I had to collect, meaning I was now 10 feet closer to them, handing them their food directly, speaking to them directly. They clearly did not like this. They trumped through the rest of the transactions, looking at their chili like it's radioactive. I was nice as pie to them, and enjoyed that moment of pettiness a little too much as they hobbled off into the sunset in their Mercury Tracer. To this day, I don't know what their problem was with me. Unless OP is like drenched in sweat or there's like snot dribbling out their nose, I don't get what the problem here was. The bottom line, people are weird. That said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome story of compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.